Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning, bud. How's it going? It's good. I have I have some things I want to get out of the way, but I think we have to get the most important thing out of the way up up front. How is your newborn daughter doing? Oh, thanks, man. She's doing a lot better. So she's she's eating better. She's maintained her temperature which is good. So she's off the heat lamp. Has she had chili yet? She has not. No chili yet. Okay. So maybe didn't even start out with a one way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm realizing I know nothing about kids. Yeah. You're like, you, you realize that in this moment right now when you're like, when can she have her first chili? No, I realized that this morning. I, asked like, I haven't seen a lot of toddler shirts that say baby's first chili, baby's yeah. first five way. Yeah. No, I asked Brittany this morning. I go, at what point do babies eat? Like, what point do they get off the breast milk? Like, I had no clue. Yeah. You, you should see me talking to the nurses. Most, most kids, what, what, what was your, what was your baby mama's answer? We're going to refer to her as your baby mama from now on. She's not your girlfriend. She's not your fiance. She's a baby mama. Definitely it's funny. Wife. I got mad at her when she said that one time. Why? That's what she is. I was like, I was like, I don't like that term when it's when it comes to me. But I guess that it is appropriate. Um, My guess is like in the in the like just before a year range or something. Like that. Maybe not yeah. off the breast milk, but like really start. And and by the way, I think uh, Michael Jordan fans are on breast milk till they're like thirteen or fourteen. But uh, for most kids, they, I think they can switch to solid food like a year ball, ballpark. I, well, it, it ranges, and, and I just mean non like non breast like where they can eat baby food. It's around right. like six months, but then again, that varies. I mean, you, you'll you'll see kids that are way too old. Like if yeah. you can walk up the mom's nipple, uh, yeah. you know, not sure about that one. Yeah, if you can yell the '90s were tougher basketball, stop. <laughs> But she's doing she's doing a lot better, which is good. So my my optimistic goal is to bring her home this week. But it's they're very cautious, as you can imagine. So yeah, they don't want to they don't want to tell you something, get your hopes up. Yeah. So a lot of time at the hospital, a lot of lack of sleep. And I, I want to say, Joe, to get this out of the way as well, the the Dirtball Fam, as always, is so amazing. I have received so many messages. Tweets, DMs on Instagram, on Twitter of not only congratulations, but so many dirtballs who said, hey, I had a kid in the NICU or I was born or my brother or sister. And like, it's really heartwarming and it's really heartfelt. And I'm so thankful for you guys. And also you guys help Joe and I, you don't realize that. And the people who say, Oh, you and like so many messages, you and Joe have helped me through so much. I'm here for you. And that goes both ways. And, and I'm just forever grateful for you guys. And it's, 
it's awesome to see that we are not the biggest show. We've always said this. We're not the you know top ten podcast, but goddamn the strength of the Dirtball fam, the solidarity is unmatched on any show. I'd argue. Absolutely. <clears throat> And that transitions nicely into the plugs I got to get out, which is the dirt balls have always showed up. And uh, I, I just want to remind some some dirt balls maybe that I have not met before because I've there's dirt balls I've met, you know, honestly, dozens of times. And there are parts of this country that I have not visited for comedy. And people are always going, why don't you come here? Why don't you come here? Why don't you come here? Well, I'll be in Montana on March 10th. Last Best Comedy, Friday, March 10th, Bozeman, Montana. I'm going to go ski, snowboard, actually, after. Um, but if you're in Montana, if you're one of those dirtballs that's like, come to this crazy part of the world where there is no comedy, I'm like, well, there is now. Uh, so March 10th, I'm there. This weekend, I'll be at a Ventura. It's Copa Comedy Club, which is in Ventura, formerly Ventura Harbor. Um, so uh, we're doing a co-headlining situation so Saturday, I will be closing the show. If you want to come to a show, come Saturday this weekend in Ventura. And then also, I know it's not Miller Lite Thursday, Andy, but I need to say something because uh, our good friends at Miller Lite over the weekend, two cases of Miller Lite showed up. Two cases of Miller Lite. So I have to make an announcement. Unfortunately, Dirtballs, um, any Venmo sent to me this week will not be spent on Miller Lite. I will use it on drugs. So there you go. <laughs> I get I get a lot of Venmos with a lot of beer emojis, and this week I would say for the next, you know forty eight beers I already had some in my fridge. Let's call it two weeks. The next two weeks Venmos will be exclusively used on illicit substances. Thank you for your time, and I hope to see you guys on the road. It's funny our Venmos are in such different paths right now. I got a Venmo this morning from a dirt ball. Shout out to Alex for the Venmo. It just said congrats slash diaper fund. Yeah. So, like, you're getting Venmos for booze and drugs. I'm getting Venmos for diapers. That's right. And I hope that there is some crossover. I hope to spend so much of your Venmos on painkillers that I have to eat baby food. Let's go! <laughs> I wish I could buy painkillers. That was a joke. I can't. I wish I could, though. But I can't. But I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. Ne- painkillers, that's, that's a no-no for me. I don't go near that stuff. It's like you turn into a Brett Favre type, man. You get addicted. That stuff is strong. Yeah. Well, I, I'm feeling good, like I said, you know, positive news. And I'm catching up, just so everybody knows. I'm sure you're aware. Like, lots of lack of sleep, lots of time at the hospital. So I'm catching up on the sports stuff. And a big weekend for you. You were really out of the loop for a while. And then straight out of basically being off the sports game, you go and win the dunk contest. Congratulations to Andy Ruther <laughs> winning the dunk contest on Saturday night. We did not see that. We did not expect after you played a very close one-on-one matchup with Nick D'Alessandro that you had the capability of winning the dunk contest, but you pulled it off. So well done. Dude, those dunks by Mac McClung. Has anybody told you that you look like Mac McClung? Not until now. <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, I can barely probably touch the net. This is where my leaping and athletic ability is at. And this guy is doing things that I don't know if I've seen before, but 
I want to ask before we go into the Mac McClung and we'll watch the highlights and discuss it. Are we giving him too much credit because he's white? I think I think it's a fair discussion to be had. Um, no, no. I don't think we right. are. I think I think that there's a combo of things that always happens in the dunk contest, and that and one of them is, I think, fair, which is the kind of the shorter you are, the better it looks, and the and the more obviously the more leaping it takes, like. It was ludicrous that Dwight Howard ever won a dunk contest, right? Just a seven footer. He was like, I'm going to do a regular dunk, but I'm going to do it in a cape and I'm seven foot one. And people were like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And and also Nate Robinson deserved every dunk contest championship for every dunk contest he ever participated in from the day he was born. Uh, so <clears throat> Mac McClung, 6'2", not small uh, by by average height standards, but obviously very small for a, a dunk contest competitor, then also his build. And then, yeah, I think the the whiteness factors in while people are kind of like judging it, but dude, his dunks, the, the thing about it, and I didn't watch it live. I watched it. I saw the highlights and then I watched it on DVR. Um, all first dunks. Like we didn't have to do these things where we sit through 25 dunks. It's like, you know, I know being able to do it at some point is impressive, but being able to do it essentially in some regard every time, like th- these are really good dunks and I know I can do them. He didn't, he didn't go like, Oh, one of them took him 10 tries in the re-. Like they were all basically right away. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great point. And I wanted to discuss that and you already did, which is perfect. First time guys. One of my big gripes with the dunk contest in recent years is the amount of tries they get. It's like, dude, you got to nail this the first time. I know it's not easy, obviously. Or the second, you yeah. know, like. Like when you have this much time, how many dunks? Oh, cool. You did an amazing dunk on your third try. And the thing is, it gets harder because you just jumped a couple times. But it's like, you should have it in your bag. And he has them in, like, he is, he's essentially. A dunker, like he's barely in the NBA. He made more money in the NBA. He made more money in the dunk contest, I think, almost or pretty even than he made in his basketball career so far. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> so he obviously is a G leaguer. He is the fewest. He's. I'm sorry. McClung's two NBA games played are the fewest by any player to win a dunk contest. And he joined Spud Webb as the only 6'2 or shorter with 350-point dunks in a single contest. And congrats for the city of Philadelphia finally winning a title again. That's right. Big news for them. Did they celebrate by eating horse feces in the street? I think that they were eating horse feces in the street, and then he won, and they were like, yeah, that's what it's for. Let's 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 watch these dunks and let's go over them. They're pretty impressive. Like yourself, I didn't watch it live. Got caught up. This is how I knew it was a big deal. One of my brothers, who isn't exactly the biggest NBA guy, you know, and and, and he's a sports guy, but not like the biggest sports guy. He sent me a text and was like, "Have you seen these dunks?" And then he also said, "Even better than the dunks are the reactions by fellow NBA players, which we're going to watch as well." Yeah. That's always the best part of the dunk contest. Yeah. So why don't I just play these, Prano, 
and do the like dunk by dunk. Sure. And we can kind of just discuss them because they're obviously okay. So here's his first one. He's We've going, seen everybody jump over somebody. Now we yeah. got over two people. Now obviously they're bent down and one guy's short or whatever. But I mean, it's a t- it's two people. It's two people. But the crazy part about this dunk is that he touches the backboard with the ball. Yeah. Which I've never seen before. And, and is this a reverse? Like, what's the description of this dunk? Yeah, I mean, he goes up. It, 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 I would say it is a reverse. I mean, he puts it in a reverse or sideways at, at, at least. But, yeah, some of these dunks, they happen so fast that, like, when you watch that live, I didn't even realize he had touched it till after. Me either. But it's definitely, I would say it's definitely at, at the very, I would say it's a reverse. I mean, I think anytime you're going over your head with it, it's a reverse. Have you seen a dunk like that? Not, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a lot of dunks like that, but not all those things together. Grabbing the ball, jumping over two people, dunk, and then, and then hitting the backboard. We've seen the hitting the backboard. We've seen the jumping over people. I mean, it's pretty bananas. That's what I'm saying. The thing to me about all these dunks, and if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you just watch the highlights like we're doing right now, is that they're all different in their own way. He executed them all on the first try, and he just makes them look amazing. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Like Sometimes dunks are awesome, and maybe I don't appreciate it, and I think maybe you're right because of his height and that he's only 6'2", but they just look so great. But, you know, if you look at his dunks also, the thing about McClung, you can tell he can't palm the ball. You yeah, t- that's a good point. He, he basically, I think, every dunk's two hands. Yeah. Because he can't palm the ball, which, by the way, makes it so much harder. So much harder. You have to jump that much more to get both hands up there. Like, every every kid's first dunk is a one-hand dunk. You're just like reaching, just extending as high as you can possibly extend and, get, and barely getting it over the rim. This dude can't palm the ball. I, I think it's pretty obvious that he can't palm the ball. Yeah. So this is his second dunk. I don't even know. Like, how do you describe this? Uh, Two-hand 360. Is that like a 360 windmill? Yeah, like, a, I mean, I guess it's a windmill. Like, yeah, I would say a two-hand 360 windmill. Okay, that so that one, the, yeah, this so, one so is now like we're on the, the third dog. This one's the grab the ball, the old Harold Miner. The shout, shout the, out to Harold Miner who was the, there. The the down to his legs. So that was the that was the one before. That's the two handed three sixty, and then he grabs the ball and goes double Harold Dub, Miner, like double, double clutch clutches. down to the bottom. Yeah, maybe that's even. I guess I guess that would be a triple clutch. And, and at this point. His competitor, what's this dude's name? I don't know. Knows he lost. Yeah. He's like, I lost. That kid just came in and kicked my ass. I mean, the double clutch is pretty amazing. Again, like you said, what's important about these is you got to watch them in slow-mo. Look at this. Double clutches, reverse, two-handed dunk. The 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 reactions to show it all. Yeah. <laughs> And then his final dunk, where he puts on his high school jersey, 
Probably Gate the, City. Yeah. I don't know if I would say probably the best dunk, but because his first one was pretty badass too. I I also like he's he's dribbling into them. I mean, I don't even know what this is. This is like a. I don't want to say it's a seven twenty because I think that's a little aggressive, but it's a, it's, it's near a seven twenty. It's near. I mean, he's he's twisting obviously before he goes up and he finishes, but like it's at least a five forty reverse two hand reverse. It's yeah. pretty bananas. I mean, it's amazing, and I mean, it's got and it's got a little bit of windmill to it. Yeah, it's almost got like that sleep put it in a sleep thing. Well. It's it's almost like with his dunks that he's just floating and somehow he's like almost defying gravity and just staying in air. And I think that that's what made him so impressive that he made it look so flawless and effortless. It's kind of cool. And, you know, we hear it every three years. This guy saved the dunk contest. But, I mean, what's cool about it is and, – and I was just talking to somebody about this this weekend. Somebody said – or somebody sent me a clip, Steph Curry – greatest shooter of all time. And I've said this on this show before. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time that can get his shot off in an NBA game. There's probably a kid, a 14 year old in China that doesn't miss from anywhere, but he, you know, he'll grow to be five, five and he'll never be able to get his shot off in the NBA. Um, you know, obviously a college, like a Jimmer for debt type. I think we just talked about this recently, or I, maybe I was just having this conversation again this weekend, but it's almost like Matt McClung, thank God he's good enough to earn a two-way contract because it's almost like he's the best dunker who could never dunk in an NBA game. But because he because the Sixers were like, uh, uh, we'll let him play two games and then we'll bring a guy who's literally a TikTok dunker to the dunk contest, makes it pretty sick. Like Brent I mean, Barry, I mean, when no, Brent Barry did that in high school, when Brent Barry was the white guy who won the dunk contest in high school, I was like, hold. I woke up. I remember I got super drunk the night before and woke up. I was like, you're lying to me didn't happen and then watch it i was like holy shit but brent barry had a great like a i don't want to say a great but a, a really good nba career uh, matt mcclung mac mcclung's probably not going to be in the nba a really really long time do you think he should have been allowed to compete yeah fuck yeah why not the dunk contest needs this shit yeah. all-star weekend needs this shit i don't think that you should be like Signing signing the the Duncan kid off of YouTube just to like put him on is one thing, but like he was in he's in the G League. He had a two way contract. Like it's fine with me. The the dunk contest needs this. Look, we're talking about it. Of course. Yeah. No, and obviously he, he his dunks were great, but I know some people had issues. I think Kevin Durant even said something. But if they know the history and most of them don't, Craig Hodges won the right. three-point contest. Former Bull Craig Hodges won it, and then he went to defend it, and he wasn't on a roster, which that was awkward. Wasn't yeah. he just wearing like an NBA jacket or something? Yeah. He was wearing the Wheaties box Bulls uniform. <laughs> I, like, I remember that as a They're kid. Like, like photo, Photoshop off the logos. <laughs> I mean, it was it was just weird because he didn't have a logo. Yeah. So now it was is, like, oh, he's in the M- he was in the NBA, and now he's defending his title, so he should, you know, it's like being in a golf tournament where you wanted the last year, you get an automatic bid. But like, dude, listen, what are we talking about? The dunks were great. 
They didn't just pick up a guy off the street and fucking sign him. Like he's been he's been doing it. He had, you know, he was a G leaguer. Yeah. They said no, they for they, sure. gave, they gave him the contract. They gave him the 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 minutes in the NBA specifically to uh get him into the dunk contest, but that's fine with me. Good. This, this is the Craig Hodges. He literally yeah. <laughs> He just wore a jersey that said NBA. Yeah. Which like whatever. I mean, it is what it is, but like that's what he ended up doing. Now, my favorite we discussed this are the reactions. And again, I think the reactions, we can all agree. Do you think the reactions are heightened because it's a white dude doing it? Yeah. Of course they are. Right? Yeah. I mean, I guarantee there were people courtside being like, go white boy. White boy can fly. Yeah. I mean, he got called white boy a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. What's the over under of him being called white boy? Yeah. Th- 1,000 <laughs> per dunk. Dude, there's nothing better than black dudes reacting to dunks. Like if you, if you I just a- wish this had happened 30 years ago where they all had camcorders. <laughs> what what per- what percentage of NBA guys in the 90s do you think went back with their high 8 videotapes and got the the got like the transition cassette that they had to put the small tape inside of so that they could l- later watch it? Do you think anybody's out there with their high 8 Taste being like, I should convert these to digital so I can watch the 1993 dunk contest again. I forgot about that. When the dudes would be out there with their camcorders. With beta cams. It's on their shoulder. <laughs> Looking like April and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Somebody's got a boom mic. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we doing our own production team? I, I'll be honest, though. The, the whole camera thing is always weird to me. Because, like, you can see it, like, you see it live, but can't you just, I don't know, can't you just get that, can't you just watch it? Like, can't you just watch it? Okay, so I'm going to mute this. There's a camcorder. (laughs) (laughs) Bro. (laughs) Bro. (laughs) Why is this dude got an old school handy cam? I can't, man. I can't right now. This is too much. That's incredible. <laughs> that is not even a new looking camera. It was like a it was like a hand me down. Nick D'Alessandro walking by being like, yo, bro, some some fucking antique shit. <laughs> Nick was there. Shout out to Nick. I was texting I know. Nick. I know. Nick walking by with his whole rig, you know, the steady cam, whatever. He sees this guy, the camera from nineteen eighty six. Sick vintage piece. Let's go get some Dons later. You're going to wake up at 3 in the morning, watch that that footage back while you eat a cheese stick. <laughs> Why does this guy have a camera from 1992? What is happening here? Who is that? Do you know who that is? I have no idea. So, so these are NBA players reacting. Is it Siakam? I can't tell. It kind of looks like Siakam. All right. So Giannis... First of all, can we talk about Giannis? Like, Giannis's phone looks so small in his hands. Yeah. Look, look, look at Giannis's <laughs> phone in his hands. That's Siakam for sure. So Gabrielle Union's reacting. She She's about to throw up at Lopez. Uh, Siakam's got the newest uh, camera <laughs> they have in Africa. <laughs> He's like, my cousin just sent me this new camera. 
Yes, good morning, my neighbors. <laughs> Does he not realize every under, single- under underneath his sweater he has a 1996 Utah Jazz NBA Champions T-shirt on? <laughs> Dude, every single person around Siakam has a iPhone or you know a smartphone. Siakam's just rolling out here. <laughs> With my dad's 1992 camera. What is he doing? He's still got the sticker on it. <laughs> Tells Are you he, how to use it. These reactions. Yeah, right here. Right here. They're all saying white boy. Yeah. It's like, damn, white boy. I love these reactions. I, I love... I love Giannis holding his baby too as well. I, You know what, Mac McClung? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Mac McClung, get after me. I'm trademarking this. I've got a nickname for Mac McClung. You ready? Yeah. World star. Because black guys take out their phones and lose their minds. It's just, it's just black. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it, though, man. This is the best part of the NBA All-Star Weekend forever. It always has it been. It, it always is. will be. I remember Kevin Garnett and Shaq and all the guys. Yeah. No, without a doubt. I mean, look at look at Giannis's phone in his hands. Yeah, I love he has two hands on it. Yeah, looks like a looks like a grizzly bear holding a bird. <laughs> Do you think at some point Siakam had to recharge his camera? <laughs> like, did, like, did it run out of battery? <laughs> was 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 he recharging it like during commercial break? Yeah, is he just he's just or he's hardwired in. He had he had Nikki D run him an extension cord. It seems like they're focusing on Giannis. I want more Siakam in this now. Yeah. Now, right here, are they comparing their videos? Yeah, he's like, "Yo, send that to me. This is my at." I love that you. I love that. By the way, Andy has transitioned this podcast into a full visual podcast at this point. The first twelve minutes of this podcast, if you're listening on on regular audio versions you're like what what is happening here <laughs> yeah good point the the dirty sports podcast is now a visual medium well subscribe to us on youtube i wasn't trying to do that i knew you'd be able to riff good on that yeah. somehow i completely missed that siakam brought a camcorder that his cousin gave him i like that if you guys didn't if you're not watching on youtube it's pretty great siakam had the whole curtain over his head there was a guy standing with a light a uh, <laughs> light bulb popped he was running it like a with a hand crank. <laughs> like, did he pack that? I want to. Like, I got questions for Seattle. Did you put that in your carry on? Were you like, I'm bringing the camcorder to Salt Lake City? Did he go to a vintage like I'm pawn shop to buy it before the? I love the thought of Nick D'Alessandro walking by. I'm like, yo, man, that's pretty cool. That was before I was born. Where'd you get this thing? <laughs> We'll have some cheese sticks later. What are we going to do about the actual game, though, Joe? Do they need to go? Do they need to go the NFL route? The NFL is now doing flag football. The three point contest is great. The slam dunk contest is great. Are we just going to continue the 184 point games? I don't know. Like, what would be an alternative? I was thinking about this today. I didn't really come up with anything. What could be an alternative? Do we just bring in the Harlem Globetrotters? Because that's what this is. 
I'm not really sure, but like the 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 All Star Game is is certainly not must see TV, but it's just like, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like I remember in the '90s, in the 2000s, a lot of dunks. Now it's a lot of half court shots. Yeah. Um, it's an exhibition, you know. No, I know, but I'm just saying, do we even need? Would that be weird if they just cut that game? Everything else is great up to that. Yeah. Everybody loves all the other stuff. It's fun to watch. It's competitive. We love the reactions. You know what I'd kind of like to see? I'd kind of like to see it be pickup style. Ooh, okay. Where we go we go um essentially starters captains, reserves captains. Okay, and then LeBron, Team LeBron and Team Giannis play to like whatever points, and then whoever loses, they're out. And next team's like, we got next. And those reserves come in and get to play. And if the reserves beat, and then you got a situation where, and maybe you even have like three squads or something like that, and so that there's enough guys to like sub in and sub out. But we play. You know, we play pickup style so that there feels like a sense of like accomplishment to winning and staying on or something like that. So I'm looking at YouTube comments right here. Ronnie Kennedy says four teams of three bracket play played a 21 on half court. Half court, three on three basketball it would be miserable to watch. I'm sorry. I love where your head's at. You're, we're trying to do this, but like no one wants to watch half court basketball. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's everything. The, the, thing that we've talked about in terms i mean like think about the the early days when it was just like all dunks and high flying and like passing and long passes and stuff like that and now half court shots I, I, no one wants to see you know three ball or whatever that league was for a while the big three the big three no one wants to see that yeah i know yeah you definitely gotta do full court i mean do you do you bring in some sort of Remember MTV? Was it was it was that the Jock Jam? Rock and Jock. Rock and Jock. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Where you had a you had a ten point basket. Remember the yeah the, the there was like a second hoop above the regular size hoop. I mean, there there I, I imagine there'd be a way to even do that now. That would be kind of cooler. Where like for moments, like I bet you with lighting, I bet you could just like light up a spot on the floor. Where like all of a sudden just for like three seconds, like 10 point shots would light up. So my buddy, it's funny you said my buddy, his son has this, this ball that lights up at night. It's like a basketball that lights up. It's like a special ball. And if you turn out all the lights in the gym, like, like we messed around during this year, like at the end of practice, sometimes if kids could, what parents would let them stay, you turn off the lights in the gym. It's pretty cool. And you shoot it. I don't know if there's something like that. If that's what you're saying, yeah, yeah. where you shoot it and it, you try to get adjusted to not being able to see. And we put the flashlight on the rim and then we take it off. But just make it a circus, right? Because it's kind of yeah. already is. Exactly. Are you surprised that they had Carl Malone judging the dunk contest now that everybody. I, listen, everybody's talking that, you know, about him impregnating a 13 year old. I just think it's amazing that they're still just going to do that. But it's never become a thing to the point where, like, anybody's talking about it. Like, ESPN's never talking about it. Like, 
I think Bomani Jones did something on his show this week where it was brought up, but like no one's talking about it. And the bottom line is people who like are on NBA Twitter or NBA TikTok or are listening to podcasts or whatever, it's such a small audience as compared to TNT or ESPN. Sure. Like the day and, and I don't know you know, what anybody's relationship is with Carl Malone. But the day Charles Barkley's like, maybe we shouldn't have him here because he impregnated a 13-year-old, that his, he's done. You know, but a guy like Charles Barkley probably doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want his dirty laundry aired. And all the guys in the 90s who were around, like, does anybody want people talking about all the things that they get themselves up to? And then it starts becoming like, oh, we're just – it's a Pandora's box. No, I know, but don't you like? I always find it interesting. We've talked about this, and so suddenly well. we hear like Michael Jordan was having hookers killed. You know, like <laughs> he's like he didn't want them talking, so he had enough money. He would just have sex with them, and then he'd have a guy go in, and he'd have that security guy go in and clean him up after. What if it was that actual guy? That's what I'm saying. That's why he did this. It was, him, know, showing, I, I, it was I just, him showing his hands were clean. <laughs> I just find it fascinating that like, like you live in an age where everybody's so hip to. Until Hannibal Burris says it on stage, no one's going to care. It's crazy to me, man. But it, that's, that's the same thing, right? Like it was all out there about Bill Cosby and no one did anything. And then finally like Hannibal Burris said it on stage and it got caught on a cell phone camera and now the dude spent time in jail yeah i know it's nuts man it's absolutely crazy it was interesting seeing harold minor again too yeah has there ever been a worse nickname than baby jordan as far as how it panned out like the pressure yeah you only played like four seasons in the nba yeah that was it four seasons and the younger dirtballs probably don't remember. He was hyped as Baby Jordan. About and that to- was literally just from the dunk contest because he was never like an elite player. He wasn't an elite player. In, I mean, he was obviously an elite player in college, but not to the point where everybody was like, this is the next guy. It's not like he was like the first overall pick. Yeah. No, you're right. I know. Well, I think they got to do something with the final game. Everything else works well up until that. But you just, you just, you just got to – do something where it's not just a regular game because nobody really cares, like you said, and, and I'm sure their views aren't nearly as high as the, like the three point in the dunk contest. You know what I started watching? Speaking of entertaining, the documentary on Netflix, the golf one. Yeah, you started watching that. Yeah, have you watched it? I haven't. No. Yeah, it's called Full Swing. I've actually been watching it with my girlfriend. Like, like she's just mowing through it. I'm behind her. I think you'd like it. I, I look forward to watching it. Yeah, and, and and they highlight, you know, the stars to the non-stars to what's going on with the live tour. I don't know. It's really interesting. God, these guys are such dorks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I no said surprise. We were, we were watching uh, Pizza Star was in town, and we were watching the uh, the Genesis yesterday, which is okay. the, the tournament they play here at, in the Palisades. Um, and... They showed like the leaderboard or whatever, like pictures of them. It might have been the leaderboard for the tour or it was the leaderboard. And it was like 12 people. I was like, look, look at just the dork factor. 
And he's like, they're still golfers. And I was like, I know. And also, I hate to say it because I know there's a lot of random PGA stands out there like that, you know, have just been brainwashed by, again, brainwashed by capitalism and the thinking, you know, one thing is better than the other. But like the coolest guys have left. What, well, you know, it's funny you said I was thinking about that because obviously you and I have discussed Max Homa's fun and he's on Twitter and he almost won yesterday and he's won a few tournaments lately and he won the this tournament last year and he's kind of fun LA kid but like most of the cool like and and by the way it's a stretch cool golfer but most of the guys who borderline cool Phil Dustin Johnson Cam Smith like uh Kepka, who I think is maybe the world's biggest douche, but whatever. Did Kepka go live? Yeah. Well, I see. I haven't gotten that. I forgot that he went live. It's interesting. He was obviously on top of the game for a few years, and I wonder if he went just because he's you know on the decline. Obviously, it's a roller coaster ride in that sport. But what am I? And I'll just share one little thing from it that just shows just how nerdy these guys are. I didn't know Jordan Spieth and. Uh, Justin Thomas are like like best friends. Yeah. And, and they grew up playing together and, and they're close and, you know, they're going to, I forget, one of them is going to be the best man the other one's wedding. Anyway, they're talking about like, yeah, we always play tricks on each other. And I forget who it was. It was either Justin Thomas or Jordan Speed to the other. They were at a golf tournament and they paid the valet to have his car moved. And that was like a big thing for them. He's like, he couldn't find his car for two hours. And he was looking, and then he realized, oh, it was it was Justin or it was Jordan. He he paid the valet, and the valet pulled his car up two hours later. And he and I'm like, dude, this is the. And then I, it was funny. I literally thought I thought of your family. And I thought of the prank war, and I was like, yeah. I was like the Prano family prank war, the PGA prank war. We took little- we took somebody's tires off their car one time. <laughs> for, for, I knew you'd have something. Yeah, for, for real. Yeah, so our our buddy came back to his car, and his car was on blocks. <laughs> and he was like, I got to go. My, and we were like, well, you better learn how to work a fucking. <laughs> you took someone's tires off the car? Yeah. yeah. Is the movie Dirty Work based on the Prano family? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, you don't. This, there are some stories that I can't even tell on here in terms of the pranking people and things that were done. Yeah. So what did that guy do to have the tires removed from his car? Nothing. We were just messing with him. Good friend of mine. Good buddy. Like, was it at someone's house? No, it was at school. He was parked in the street. I was like, we're going to basketball practice. And I I stole his keys out of his locker, and I gave my buddy the keys to his car. And we took his tires off, and we put them in his own trunk. Of his his, Ford Taurus station wagon or whatever it was. I love that he didn't do anything. You're just like, no, no, no. We're just going to mess with him. Oh, we constantly mess with him. Yeah. That's hilarious. I think, I think there's a, there really is a business. Now, did you see the prank that's getting all the attention from this weekend with Tiger and Justin Thomas? No. Oh. I mean, it's not even really a prank. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I did see that. So this is, this is all the thing. Tiger actually had to like talk about it in a, in his press conference. The, uh, but, the the tampon? Yeah. He outdrove Justin Thomas and gave him a tampon. 
slipped him a tampon, which obviously in this day, like he's probably done it a thousand times in his life for somebody. You know, this is obviously, I don't think Tiger's writing jokes. He's not a especially hilarious guy, but, um, so I'm sure he's done it, but like now in the days of cameras everywhere, somebody caught it and, uh, just a littlest glimpse and good enough cameras these days where you could zoom in and see exactly what it was. But then there's all this thing. Oh, is it, do you think it's funny to say someone's a woman? And it's like, well, I mean, just, you know, realistically women do not drive the ball as long as men. Yeah. So he just, he, he slipped a tampon in his hand after out driving him. Yeah. And I did see that people were offended. People were offended, and and it's funny because I saw a clip. There was a an old clip of of Annika Sorenstam out driving somebody, and then that guy put a dress on, and like for real, yeah. And Tiger's making fun of him, whatever. It's like, listen, at some point, jokes have to just be jokes, right? Yeah. And the fact that he had to discreetly do this, yeah. Like, can you just not call someone a bitch now? Yeah, you can't. Because that's basically what he is. He's joking. He's saying, you're a bitch. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, you're a bitch. Like, Andy Ruther what... explains comedy. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, this is like, you can't say bitch now. Like, you're just yeah. a bitch. Yeah. We're all, we're all bitches at different times. Everyone's yeah. a bitch at some point. I mean, that's unbelievable. I did see a, I did see a headline uh, about it. One of my favorite ones. Like, you know, I saw it and I just, you know, things pop up about it. Where where was the uh, where was it? And it made me laugh. It, it, it's exactly what you're talking about. Can you imagine writing a think piece on this? Somebody giving someone a tampon, and people were writing think pieces. Yeah, I don't know where it was. It was it was something that I saw that was funny though. And listen, I'm you know me. I like I I will defer to like there are some things like that we don't have to do anymore, like that, that were kind of commonplace before, like words people used uh, or things people did. But like, this is just a joke. Like what, why are we? This is the headline. (laughs) Tiger Woods joke. Wasn't just sexist. It was prop comedy. Well, now that's a good, that's, that's fair. See, see, the thing is, like, I'm all for calling out Tiger for being a hack. But, but this this headline is saying it's also misogynistic, right? I know, and and there's no doubt it is. But that's not really. It's just like he's slipping it to his friend. Like the intent is not to like do some whole big thing. But but again, if it, but but dude, if, if we're gonna have this discussion, it is true. The women's tees are farther up. Yeah. Like, okay, then then let's make it equal. That's fine. Look, I, I suck at golf. That's fine by me. If you if you want me, I mean, obviously you have a bit on this on stage. It's like, let me hit the ball farther up because I suck. And, and you can. And it's technically not women's tees, but the, the, PGA, the, the LPGA doesn't play from the tips. That's just the facts of the matter. Yeah. You should watch this documentary. I think you'll like it. I, I will. I absolutely will. They're all in Jupiter. They're all in Jupiter, Florida. Yeah. All these guys. It, it's interesting seeing their personalities and also 
just like one third place finish at a decent tournament you get like 400 grand you know what i'm saying like and, and i know that's not easy for the record i'm just saying like you have one great weekend and you're like okay i won 400 grand this this weekend yeah i'm, I'm pretty good for the year if Can i get the big check Yeah, it'll, I'll be curious how this plays out as far as what's going on with the live tour because I that does that does pique my interest as far as where this will go. And 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 Dustin Johnson, he's not apologizing. You know, he's in this. All these guys are in this. Yeah, and that and that's what makes it it, it fun to watch. Like I said, I think it's something that's worthwhile for anybody, even if you're a golfer, not a golf fan. Now, I don't know yet where their spin is because everything's going to have a spin. I'm one episode in. Right. <clears throat> and I don't know if they had planned on this whole live thing happening, but you can't not mention it. And they address it head on. Right. So, no, it's 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 pretty good, man. I, I'm enjoying it. So definitely, definitely recommend checking that out. For the, for the record, we've gone 45 minutes and I have not mentioned football. A new record. So you want to talk some football? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I assume that that was what was coming. No, I don't have too much to say. I don't have too much to say. I One thing I did want to mention that I forgot to mention last episode that I found very interesting. The halftime show with Rihanna had higher ratings than the actual game. Yeah. You're not surprised by that? No, because like... There are ob- the obviously no one in the NF no one who's a football fan who's watching the game for the game is switching over to the puppy bowl or whatever, you know. No one wants to miss action coming back. So it's only going to add people cuz it's not going to take any way. There's obviously people out there who are like let's tune in for the halftime show. Yeah. I know it's crazy though. I mean, look, it wasn't the best Super Bowl ever. As far as ratings, but it's still got 114 million viewers. Yeah. Halftime, 118 million. I mean, it's still pretty incredible to see that. Something else that I saw is that Tom Brady joining Fox is just going to really screw Greg Olson financially, which I find kind of interesting. So Greg Olson makes $10 million a year as the lead analyst on Fox with Kevin Burkhart. The minute Brady starts broadcasting, he'll drop down to $3 million Yeah. Because he'll be number two. Yeah. Which is fair. Tom Brady needs that money. Yeah. I know. Do you think he'll be good? Probably. Probably be good. Doesn't some sort of cachet come with just like, his word is going to be the gospel. I mean, like think about how we, we uh, treated Tony Romo when he first came into the booth and Tony Romo didn't even ever play in a Super Bowl. Tony Romo didn't even ever play in an NFC championship game. Yeah. Well, the people have turned on him. He should join the PGA. Now that I think about it, obviously he is a great golfer. He should join the live door. They'll, they'll have him today. But I'm saying he's such a dork. Yeah. Like the fact that he played hide and seek on his bachelor party 
you watch this, you're like, okay, you'd fit right in with yeah. with Jordan Speed. Fucking dorks. <laughs> I mean, listen, and I was saying this yesterday, and and even Pete said he's like, they're still golfers. Yeah. Like, it kind of comes with you had to grow like. You probably grew up spending time at a country club if you're yeah, good enough. To be. Like, obviously, that's not true for every single golfer, but a lot of them. For the record, I say that wearing a college shirt. Yeah. A lot of people in the YouTube comments say I'm already dressing like a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Look, did, you I, get, did you get dad sneaks? I, I, no, I got a couple of new pair of shoes uh, recently. So I have this rule. You're going to make fun of me. I'm pretty fiscally responsible. Let's use that term. Yeah. You've known this about me when it comes to that stuff. So we went to the store, I don't know, three weeks ago, and I had a rule that I was not going to spend more than $50 from the parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> what size shoe do you wear, by the way? Because it must be great. My, I, you know me. I'm a sneaker guy. I love sneakers. But like more and more these days – Finding a thirteen is like finding the holy grail. I bet you're wearing some reasonable size shoe, right? Yeah, like nine and a half to ten. Are you does it vary from product to product? It does. Wow. So like, the, I I bought two new pairs of shoes. I bought a pair of Nike and a pair of Puma. For the record, under a hundred dollars total. Thank you. Uh, was it Shoe Crown? <laughs> is that a place? I don't know. Is it so, some cheap place? I was stoked. I was like, man, two pairs of shoes under a hundred bucks. But yeah, one was nine and a half and one was ten. That's hilarious. I, I am a hundred percent in the dad mode with the shoes. I have been forever though. But yeah, we went there and I was like, there was a there was a great pair of Air Max. And I was like, I don't know, man. Seventy bucks. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like I said I'm not spending above fifty bucks. And I'm not doing it. And I didn't like my, my, my clothes game is so pathetic at this point. When you say you got Nikes and Pumas. Yeah. I want to know which one I'm the most strict 13 that's ever been. I like, I wear a 13 and everything converse sometimes feel a little big, but like I'm a strict 13. What's what runs bigger Pumas or Nikes? I forget. I forget which one was bigger, but then I feel like Adidas runs even differently on me. Really? Yeah. I feel like Nike and Adidas, I'm I'm the crispest 13 ever. I feel like Pumas maybe run a little bit bigger. Because then, but see, I'm so stupid. I don't know how to judge my feet and my toes. Because I had a, a cheap pair of Costco Adidas ones that I got for $30 last year. Yeah. And they were a nine. And I didn't realize after wearing those for a full year until I was in this other shoe store there. I was like, these are really tight on me. I've been, I always thought, what, why did I get a nine? I was like, oh, they're fine. But then I realized that, you, no, they're not fine. You've been wearing shoes way too small on your feet for a year. <laughs> Fucking idiot. You want to get to some calls? Sure. We have some calls. 310-359-8365. That is our hotline. Some dad-related calls, as you can imagine. We have some calls for me. We even had a poem that somebody wrote and read. Joey from Minnesota. Love it. 
I, I can't wait to hear your take on this. I'll start with his poem about me as a dad, but he also works in dirty sports from over the years, things we've discussed over the years. And I don't know if I should be celebrating his poem or kind of a little terrified or maybe a little bit of both. So this is what Joey from Minnesota left on the hotline. Hey guys, it's Joey from Minnesota. I just wanted to say congratulations, Andy. I think you're going to be a great dad um, just because over the years of listening to this podcast, I think you've taught me a lot. So I would like to read you a poem that I wrote called What Ruther Has Taught Me. (laughs) You can smoke weed if you have brain damage. I'd rather get AIDS than a Subway sandwich. You can bang at once two girl Muslims. Just make sure later you always hug them. (laughs) A truly good man can still go to heaven despite his actions on 9-11. Oh, wow. When it comes to crackheads, have no fear. I'll fuck you up, bitch. I live here. (laughs) A halftime jerk, it's okay. Sundays are for work, but also for play. No gloves at games unless you're mentally sick. Do not be a cheddar dick. I love my dad because he's the bomb, but I wish Ruther had come in my mom because he's going to be a great dad. Wow. Congratulations, Andy. I love you. Bye. I don't applaud a lot of calls, but man, that was, maybe I should be snapping it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Also a little terrifying. Yeah. I mean, if you hand wrote that, I feel like you should send it to Andy Ruther so he can frame it and put it on the wall of his nursery. <laughs> Now, for the record, it was two Israeli girls. They were Jewish. So, not to nitpick, but, you know, play that for Brittany today. And she's like, what? You know, I had to. She, she knows. I, I tell her everything, but I was like, yeah, he's wrong. It was, it, was, it was two Jewish girls. I forgot that I used to talk about the importance of jerking off on NFL Sunday. Mid-game. Joey's like an old-time listener. That's the thing about the DMs that I've realized. People who have been with us. Like, Joe, we we wouldn't even mention it. We just crossed nine years in January. Nine years. Our first episode was AFC, NFC Championship game 2014. We just crossed nine years. Think about it this way. If we go as long from today as we've gone from the start, your daughter will be old enough to date Carl Malone. That's wild. That is wild. Uh, that's a good one there. I thought you were going to say if we went, I thought you were going to go a different route, but also dirty sports. If you were going to say if we went as long as we went from today, from when we started until now, again, we will have had LeBron's career. Wow. Is he in year 18? He's in year 19, I believe. Okay. Year 20? 19? 20. I don't know. Which is he, which is also like crazy to think about. So like like here's a prime example. Like this next caller has been listening to us since he's 12. Wow. Like like this, like, this is wild to me. He's going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. 
Whenever the callers are like, I've been listening to you since. Here, I'm not saying I, I hate to go full like Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro. I'm not saying uh, listening to the dirty sports makes you an alpha. But with the exception of M. Burgess Jr., if you've been listening to this since you were a kid, you now have the deepest voice on planet Earth. <laughs> Maybe maybe M. Burgess Jr. should have kept listening so that he wasn't out there sounding like Ben Shapiro still in his early 20s. Dude, Andy, congratulations. This man's a father. Been listening to his show since I was like 12 years old in 2013. <laughs> the day has come. I don't even care if you play this or not. I just want to let you know, dude. That's dope, man. Boy Nick, congratulations! Hey, instead of talking about the lame ass NBA, we can now talk about Ruther's fatherhood. Let's go! Shout out to what's it? I Isla Tucho Ruther. Congrats, man! Much love. Peace out. Thanks, brother. The the Isla Tucho too chill is, hospital is bracelets. <laughs> It's it's got a good ring to it. Yeah. So he left a call and I didn't play it. He left a call. He's from New Jersey. He left a call last week, just lambasting the NBA. Oh, it's so boring. It's the worst and just like profanity laced. He almost called it gay. There. Did you catch that? No. He almost said gay NBA. I think he started to say it, but he said lame. He's like, just talk NFL. Just make. I think he was the one who's like, just make this an NFL show, which would never happen for the record. But he's very anti NBA. I don't know why, man. I don't. I listen. You, you got listen. I, like I truly don't know why, but some people, you know, some people just don't like the NBA. Yeah, I I did a TikTok about it a while ago. I mean, I have my theories, but. Nick sounds like a good guy, so I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But I also I also think big sports people just – and I think it depends on where you live, right? Like I live in a college basketball town, and I'll hear that time. I'll hear it too. People will say like, like diehard college fans. And listen, I get that people want to be a part of something. I've understood. Yeah. I understand that about college football. I understand that about college basketball. And I, I don't mind. I would. I wish. I wish for once those people would say, "I know the NFL is better," or "I know the NBA is better." But man, where I'm from, it's all about college football. It's it's like. You yeah. know, it it drives the community. There's a party. The tailgate's the best thing ever. We all get together. Blah 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 blah. Like all that, but don't be like college football's better, because that's where it's like, listen. You know, it's the equivalent. It's like I'm a Mets fan and I hate the Yankees, but I didn't spend the '90s where Yankees were winning five championships being like the Mets are better. Yeah. Like, they're not better. You might prefer them, but they're not better. Yeah, no, I agree. That's the thing. It's like college should... basketball's better. Well, it's just not like that exactly. Like if you go to an NBA game and you go to a college game, obviously they're played differently, but the skill level. But it's it, it's one of those. It's the the thing about college basketball or college football versus like 
it, it's it's sort of the conundrum, like like the Jordan LeBron argument. Like you've almost built into your argument. It's like if you if you talk about rings, you've built in the retort. I guess Bill Russell's your goat, right? If rings are all that matter, it's like if you prefer college basketball to the NBA, you must prefer high school basketball to college basketball, right? You like things slower, less quality, less athletic, more. Well, they lot, they try of, harder. They care about defense. Well, the defense is a big one. Now, a lot of people say, what about these people who say, I love the NBA playoffs. I'm just like, and eh, the regular season. Well, listen, because I, I know because I, I know I'm saying I know there's people out there who are like, I don't think they put forth the effort. I'm not talking about the people who are just saying they play no defense. I know I know people in my life who are like Nick Castellanos last year said in a post game interview, they were like, "Your defense has been awesome this series." He's like, "Yeah, man, baseball season's really long, and I'm kind of bored. It's 162 games. You know how impossible it is to focus every pitch for 162 games. The idea that you're going to give the same amount of effort in the NFL in a regular season game versus the playoffs. Like we just, I mean, let's, let's take a, the, an NFL example, my goat, my goat, not the goat, but my goat. You think Eli Manning makes that, that helmet catch play in a regular season game? No, we know he grabs his blankie and he lays down because it's about surviving it's about making it to the playoffs healthy. It's about all the things. But on that play where the game's on the line and the play and there's no tomorrow, yeah. he's like, if I listen, this guy's got my shoulder pad and I might be about to die. But if I get away, I can maybe make the play of the fucking history. You know? That's just life and sports. You don't go as hard in your first heat of a swim meet as you do in the finals yeah you know it's it's just the way it goes yeah no i agree it's a long season people don't realize that like these seasons are grueling you're on planes and, and and it's funny we just brought up golf and i want and i don't know does that translate as well that you know the pga it's like are you are you more locked in in the masters than you are on some random. I mean, they were just even talking about it yesterday during like guys who skip this tournament because the next tournament is this, or the last tournament is this you get, Oh, I get an auto bid to this one because I won it in my past. So I play that one, but then I don't play the next week or I don't play the week after or whatever it is. Of course, of course. Well, we have a baseball related call. Let's fucking go. We haven't talked too much, but here's a, uh, Spring training. Spring has sprung, Andy. Yeah, so this is from CT. I'm a Seattle lifelong Seattle Kraken fan. Andy, congratulations on becoming a father. That's awesome. Super psyched for you. Sending positive vibes uh, to you and the family. So just wanted to get that out there and say congratulations. I was uh, shocked when he announced it on the podcast. Literally ran, had to run and tell my wife. I was like, Ruther had a kid. She's like, Great. I was like, oh, it's huge news, but uh, cool, dude. Congratulations. And then uh, just to ask a sports question, what do you guys think of the new rule changes in Major League Baseball, bigger bases, pitch clock, 
banging the shift. We had him uh, for the minor league team I worked for last season. Just let us know your guys' thoughts. Uh, Mariners going to win the World Series this year. Stay dirty. Oh, wow. Bold prediction. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate that, CT. Andy, this is great. It's it's almost like he served it on a platter. Guys, we're on TikTok now. Uh, the Dirty Sports Podcast is on TikTok now, at The Dirty Sports on TikTok. A lot of content going up. You know, it was it went up a while ago, but it's now getting consistent posting. I believe, I believe our first ever TikTok was my reaction to the new rules. And if I recall, it is as simple as pitch clock. Who, like, what? baseball is so fucking stupid because they're constantly, baseball's the, baseball and the, the people in charge of baseball are so dumb. They're so focused on this, on the people who say baseball is too long and bring, st- stop worrying about new viewers. Focus on making the people who love your sport stick around. Yeah. Like we've talked about a million times on the show. How about making a dad bringing his son to the game cheaper? No one gives a fuck about the speed of the game. No one. The people who say baseball is too slow aren't going to watch no matter how fast it is. They're not going to. They're not going to. I had I was talking to my manager about this recently. She goes, not enough happens in baseball games. I go, do you know in the course of a football game, there's five minutes of actual play action? Five minutes. An entire football game. There's five minutes from whistle to whistle of things happening. The rest of the time, you're watching reviews. You're watching replays. You're watching them huddle. You're watching... There is more action in a Major League Baseball game, live action play, than there is in football. Facts. There's more. So stop focusing on trying to get new audiences. Focus on keeping your audience. Bigger bases, I don't even fucking understand it. I can't even imagine what their thought process was. I guess less injuries. The bet, like their bags aren't even like, what are we talking about? Sure, fine, who cares? I don't give a shit. Uh, the shift, we all know that the shift needed a um to be in some sort of band to be instituted. Do I think they did it perfectly? No, but I think it's a thought that counts. I think that will improve the game in the long term. Yeah, I don't understand the, the bigger bases. The shift makes sense, and you're right, they are not doing a good job on keeping people I'd argue like myself who are going to go to games, but I'm not going to go to games when I live in a city and they're not trying to win. Like give me, give me something to want to come. Yeah. To the game. If, if I, if I had to make new rules for baseball, there'd be a salary cap and a salary floor. Correct. Way before there'd be fucking bigger bases and a pitch clock. There'd be a, there'd also be a hot dog cap and a beer cap. You can only spend. You can only charge me so much for that. Um, the bigger bases, I guess, in theory, they're tr- they're trying to limit the amount of injuries that happen at bases. So fine. Like I'm just like cool, whatever. And then of course there's the extra inning rule. Guys starting at second base has become official. We couldn't have done it in the the 13th inning. We can't have the 10th, 11th, and 12th where it's regular baseball. And then if you get through a one third of a full baseball game, then guys go there. Well, they here's the thing, like you're you're on the 
and that's fine. Like, obviously, low baseball. Like, I think you're almost like the last of the Mohicans. And I know we have a lot of dirt balls who do, but I'm just saying, like, there's just so many people who just lose interest for all these reasons. You know, like, I don't know if you saw this, speaking of that. During, like, a Reds, like, like this is insane to me. Again, like, imagine this happening. Joe, just imagine is happening in the NBA or the NFL. There was a Reds luncheon, I believe, for like season ticket holders. And the fact that they keep letting Phil Castellini speak is just mind-blowing. He did a presentation, and of course somebody posted it on Twitter. I'm looking at it right now. He did a graph. This is almost something like you're saying, is this real life? He did a graph, and it says, he puts it on the big screen. It says, teams out of contention by opening day. Since 2019, there's a, there is a 75% increase in number of MLB teams out of contention by opening day. The last three years have averaged 14 teams out of contention at the beginning of the season. So think about this. His pitch to season ticket holders. Based on what? It's a good question. Based on their finances? I, I assume Tampa Bay doesn't seem to be out of contention. Oakland the last couple of years has been bad, but doesn't seem to be out of contention. You have to be a well-run team for sure. If you're going to be, if you're going to run yourself poor, but you're also here's, here's the bottom line. And it's ludicrous to say about somebody that has hundreds of millions of dollars. Quit being a poor bitch. Sell the team to Mark Cuban, you poor bitch. Yeah. So, I mean, I put it here. I mean, look at this. Can you imagine that you're attending this? And and the I don't can you see it? It's like Yeah. He's basically saying before the season, hey guys, 14 teams are going to be out of contention. Why would I ever want to like this is a legitimate question. Why would I ever want Imagine if the NFL did that. Imagine if the Texans or the Jets or another franchise that has struggled says, well, before week one, we're technically out of contention. Nobody would want to see that. Nobody would want to go. Like, it's it's just, I don't know. It's, it's mind-blowing that Rob Manfred, you can't allow this to happen. That's why I'm bringing this up. You can't allow an ownership group to say, hey, we're, we're going to be out of contention on opening day, before opening day. What motivation do I have to go to a game? Make things cheaper. You will get people. How many times are we going to say this? Minor league baseball has it figured out. Yeah. Just do what they're doing. Now, you don't have to go full Savannah Bananas, which I fell down a rabbit hole the other day, for the record. Have you watched Savannah Banana stuff? Yeah, of course. It's it's amazing. Now, obviously, that's more Harlem Globetrotter type stuff. Yeah. But just make hot dogs cheap. Just make the beers reasonable. Just make people want to come. Like, you can talk about, like, losing. Like, the bottom line is, the worst played baseball game, the one where the home team loses since nine nothing. It's more interesting than taking your kid to the fucking museum. Yeah. 
To the kid, at least. And and also for the kid, it's like there there is enough fun stuff during the game. There's the kiss cam. There, you're watching the Jumbotron. I mean, all that stuff kids eat up. They do. Anytime I've gone to games with my nephews and nieces, they eat it up. I ate it up as a kid. You love it. The graphics are better now than they've ever been. The pranks, all that stuff. It keeps children engaged. Just make it reasonably priced. You know, that's all they have to do. It's such a simple solution. It's not making a pitch clock. It's not making jumbo-sized first bases. What are you doing? It should be cheaper to take your kid to 10 baseball games a year if you if you invest in it up front, a 10-game package or whatever, than it should be to take them to four if you buy, if you just go, let's go to the ball game. Incentivize making – incentivize bringing your kid to the ballpark once a month. I, I always talk about this. People love to shit on Roger Goodell. People love to shit on Adam Silver. I would not want – like, yeah, could I improve – NFL refereeing very quickly. Sure. Do I think NFL players should be blackballed for speaking their opinion? Of course not. There's some glaring holes in Roger Goodell's regime, but all in all, I wouldn't want to have to deal with hundred billion dollar fucking owners or whatever, or multi-billion dollar owners screaming at me and forcing me to do their bidding and being their mouthpiece and being their whipping boy for the fans. I wouldn't want it. I'll fix baseball. In three weeks. You ever see the movie Dave where fucking Kevin Klein comes becomes president? Make me baseball commissioner. I'll I'll fucking balance the budget and make a successful league. Uh, give me give me six weeks. You, you get hire me now. I'll fix it before opening day. Okay. Lightning round. You're fixing baseball in six weeks. Go. Well, first of all, and and it's a good we we've got a good start. Is the shift I think was problematic? Okay, now I think again, like we were just talking about, we need a uh, a salary cap and a salary floor. Everybody should be playing within some sort. It doesn't have to be extreme, but reasonable. You're not going to come into the year with some owner crying. We can't afford it. And by the way, if you if you ever make the complaint that you can't afford it, you're on notice. We're selling the team for you. We're selling the team for you. No more of this boys club. We only let in the people we like. Everybody's got to be some Bud Selig butt buddy. No. You got money? You want to buy a team? We're not going to fight against Steve Cohen's and Mark Cuban's from buying baseball teams. We're going to beg them to do it. We want your money. You want to spend money to fix the Cincinnati Reds? If you come with a commitment to spending money and fixing the Reds, not only am I asking them to sell you the team, I'm forcing them to sell you the team. I'm Frank McCording you. Get the fuck out. You're no more crying poor in baseball. Salary cap, salary floor. Okay. We are also going to have a a budgetary commission where we're going to look at what people what the cost of living is in Cincinnati versus the cost of living in San Francisco versus the cost of living in New York. We are going to incentivize bringing people to games over and over and over. If if you have to almost like a government refund. If you lose 
are going to lose money by selling tickets to a dad that wants to bring his kid to the games 12 times a year, we're going to make up that money for you. Because in the long run, a kid that comes to a baseball game 12 times a year will be a dad that wants to bring kids to a baseball game 12 times a year. This idea that we're just trying to steal money from you one game at a time is over. I am building for the future. I'm also going to focus on making baseball something people talk about on the internet still. We're going to remove this ban on putting up baseball clips everywhere. We're going to remove this ban on trying to get the pitching ninja suspended every time he puts up a clip of somebody pitching. NBA Twitter is a thing. MLB Twitter is at the dirty slides. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Are we actively promoting against people sharing your information on the internet? It's insane. I do not care. I do not care about new baseball fans and making them happy. First, it would be nice to get new fans, but first and foremost, we are going to have a gigantic conference about how to keep former baseball fans, baseball fans, or bring them back to the game. Because baseball was once the most popular sport in America. It was the national pastime. Fuck convincing some guy who doesn't like baseball to come to games. Convince people who used to come to baseball games to come back to games. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I agree on all those points. It's like, it's, it's, I mean, it seems like a simple solution and also one that makes fiscal, like, fiscal sense here. But, uh, you know, sadly, I don't think it'll happen. Give us a ring. Let us know. 310-359-8365. That's our hotline. We're on all social media at The Dirty Sports. Subscribe on YouTube. Obviously, we're doing a lot of video uh, stuff within our show now, which hopefully, you know, I find the right balance for you guys. I'm at Andy Ruther. Joe is uh, at Joe Prano on all social media except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. We're on TikTok at at The Dirty Sports. I'm on TikTok at Joe Prano. Go follow us over there. I've got some shows coming up first and most importantly, well, not first chronologically, but first as in foremost, uh, I will be in Montana, last best comedy show in Bozeman. Uh, Tickets are already up. I just put, uh, if you go to my Instagram story right now, you'll be able to see it. Um, If not, go to my calendar highlight on Instagram. It'll, It'll be in there with a link to tickets. Come see me if you're in Montana. It's one of the, I believe, four states in the United States of America I've never visited and uh, it'll be nice to check that off in terms of visiting and in terms of performing there. Last best comedy show in Montana. If you live in Montana, hit me up. Uh, come to the show. I'm going to bring a buddy with me. We're going to go snowboarding uh, while we're there. So if anybody has tips on that, Big Sky, Bridger Bowl. I've heard a lot of things. Where do we go snowboarding in Montana? This weekend, Copa Comedy Club in Ventura. I'm there this Friday and Saturday. Saturday, I'm closing the show. So if you've can come to only one come to Saturday. If Friday works better for you, it'll be a great long set anyway. Um, and just go to joeprano.com for all shows. I'll be keep, I'll keep adding things there. Cool. All right, guys, that's our show. Once again, much love to everybody who's reached out to me. Very thankful. Very grateful. You guys are the best. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great week. And as always stay dirty.